Hello? Maternal Health 911? What's your emergency? Hi, I'm Dr. Jill Baker. I'm a wife, a mother, a community health scholar, an executive director, and a fertility coach. More than 12 years ago, I was on my own infertility journey. Since then, I've made it my personal mission to help anyone who is on their own journey to become a parent, as well as shed light on infertility and maternal health experiences of BIPOC women and couples. Now, let's begin this week's episode of Maternal Health 911. Greetings, Maternal Health 911 family. This is Dr. Jill Baker. Before we get into my very special episode today with my best friend, Miss Tanisha Slater, my best friend since I was five years old, and we have a great conversation to share with you today about our experiences with pregnancy and delivery and motherhood. And so I wanted to share uh, her background with you all so you have an idea of all of the wonderful and amazing things that she has done in her career. So Tanisha Slater, BSW, is currently, she's a social welfare examiner, and she's a dedicated and determined social worker who works to support people and organizations at the micro, meso, and macro system levels. Tanisha's background is centered on providing individuals and families in financial need with assistance towards an improved quality of life. Tanisha's strengths and advocacy have helped frame grant policies and procedures for emergency housing assistant operations. Tanisha's participation in strategic and stakeholders planning committees have developed crisis intervention programs in response to the COVID-19 pandemic and also bolstered extensive community outreach efforts for marginalized populations. Tanisha's work as a police social worker provides support to community members in crisis and helps promote the development and enhancement of communication and collaboration with community agencies. Tanisha is interested in developing approaches to enhancing the quality of life for all people. Moreover, Tanisha intends to use her experience to influence positive outcomes for individuals involved in America's human service system. When not working, you can find Tanisha capturing landscapes and interesting images along hiking trails, biking, cooking, dancing, writing, practicing yoga, and hanging with family and friends. And I'm going to add in traveling with me. Without further ado, everyone, Miss Tanisha Slater uh, for this episode of Maternal Health 911. Hello, yeah. Maternal Health 911 listeners. Here is my best friend, Miss Tanisha Slater, everyone. So, Tanisha, are you going to tell everyone about yourself? Yes. So, um, yeah. And I'm... don't be shy and don't be <laughs> modest. <laughs> okay. So, um, yes. Jillian, I am so proud of you. We are best friends. I She's have calling no... me Jillian. <laughs> Dr. Baker. No. Oh, don't do that. 
<laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, we've known each other forever. Uh, we went to the same elementary school. I was a private elementary school in a Shout out to Regent School. That's right. Mr. Andriani. Mr. <laughs> a, what's up? And um, so we, we had a very similar uh, elementary school experience. And then um, my grandma lived right around the corner from hers and our backyards were pretty much adjacent to each other. So, you know, whenever we needed to come and uh, hang out, sometimes we just I jumped the fence. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> it was that easy. Um, so we we basically uh it's just an amazing, wonderful experience having a friend that is a sister, basically. It's not even friendship at this point. We're just sisters for life. And I could not pass up the opportunity to do this. And to introduce your podcast, this is this is an amazing long journey, long time coming, and I am so excited for you. And Tanisha um, is very she's on the shyer side, <laughs> so this is out of a little out of her comfort zone, everyone. But I think yes. when she's done, she's gonna love it. I think she's gonna she's gonna have the podcast bug. <laughs> I couldn't say no. I did. <laughs> Um, absolutely. I love you, girl. I had to be here. So I just want to let you know that um, I'm here for you. And I'm going to just let everyone know a little bit of who I am. So we basically went through the whole elementary school process together. And then that was it. We kind of um, went separate ways after that and had different educational experiences after that. And that includes you leaving to go to college. You left New York. You left us. Oh, yeah. Just only to Philly. <laughs> only, only two hours away. Yes, only two hours away. So we did, we had separate paths, but we we, we never separated from each other. And that was amazing. And you went on to your, your journey of public health. And I went on to my journey to social work. Both are parents and had very different experiences. Oh, yeah, very different. <laughs> very um, different pregnancy experiences. experiences. Yes, yes. So we kind of helped each other with different experiences. I became a mom before before you did. Yep. That was that came in, you know, to be useful for a lot of things. But, you know, your journey, again, our journeys were very different. You know, we just respected our our individual journeys. And, you know, I continue to to learn from you and you know, you learn from me and we just we're just here doing it now. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's true. That's true. And yeah, our lives were, you know, a lot of the time, our lives were at different places and you, you were a mom way before me. Yeah. And I'd be coming home from school to come see you and Javon. Well, shout out. Hey, what's yes. up, Javon? Hi, Javon. Hey, Javon. <laughs> what's up? Yes, that's my son. He's grown now. He's 25. So I know our children have such a gap in age. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So tell everyone how old your, your kids are. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I became a, a mom really young. My son was born when I was 20 and, and then my daughter was born when I was 24. So my parenting journey started very early in life. Um, I had a very, I would say, a blessed 
you know, pregnancy and normal births with both my daughter and my my son. Yes. No, tell everybody (laughs) what happened with Javon, especially especially your delivery and and how fast it was and everything. (laughs) So no one knows what it feels like your first time. You know, they can kind of help explain it to you, but you don't know. I woke up one morning. I think that's how we get fooled <laughs> because you really don't know yeah, exactly. until you experience it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> somehow um, we managed to forget and do it again. Uh, I, I, how do we do that? Isn't that the ourselves? truth? That is the absolute <laughs> truth. <laughs> you go back in there again. And do it again. And do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we laugh at each other's jokes. <laughs> we think we're funny. Well, everyone else may we not are think. funny. We, don't we think. crack each other up. <laughs> we don't think we are. Exactly. We are. That's a fact. I don't I woke up in the morning and something you know, it felt like hmm, something doesn't feel right. I just, you know, it was early morning. It was probably around like six something in the morning. It was very early. I went to the restroom and and I came back and then within like a few minutes, I said, something doesn't feel right. <laughs> like there's this, I just felt pressure and just this, you know, this urgency uh, to that it wasn't familiar. <laughs> I told my husband, I said, um, I, I think, I think I'm having a baby. <laughs> it wasn't like, you know, no water broke, nothing like oh, that right. at all. So right. You know, there was no other indication other than just this pressure and this sense of urgency to of, of an unfamiliar <laughs> feeling. So right. the, the crazy, the funny story is that we we were babysitting because my aunt, she had a baby. Uh, me and her were actually having, we were pregnant at the same time. That was a very interesting experience That's to right. be pregnant at the same time as your auntie. That's right. And uh, our children were born three days apart. So, oh but that wasn't the plan. My, my <laughs> Oh, you know What's what? The plan? I'm talking about the, the other pregnancy. Are you talking about Jasmine or Javon? Jasmine. You okay, can't so these kids to... confused. <laughs> That's all right. That's what okay. happened. Hold on. Let's start over. So with Javon. Javon. With Javon. I woke up and the the same feeling, I felt like I had to go to the bathroom, went to the bathroom and it just, I still felt like something wasn't right. A sense of urgency, uh, this feeling that something was happening, an unfamiliar feeling. And at the time I was actually at my aunt's house and I I was with my auntie Barbara. That's so funny. I was with auntie Barbara and I said to her, I said, I I feel like something is going on. I don't know. And she asked me to describe what I was feeling. And I told her, and she said, I think you're in labor. I says, oh, okay. So then she goes, all right, so um, I'm going to call, I'm going to call Ruben, you know, <laughs> and let him know that you're, you're having a uh, labor, you're in labor. I says, okay. So I went and took a shower and <laughs> you had time to do that. You thought about that. I figured I might as well take a shower. That's real funny. That's real funny that you took a shower. 
<laughs> but yeah, you know, I took a shower and then um the next thing, you know, before I was even finished getting dressed, uh Ruben was outside, you know, he was telling me he was ready, you know, we were ready to go. We got in the car and we were going to the hospital and it was one of the most scariest rides I've ever had in my entire life. I said, can we please make sure that we all get there alive? <laughs> you were thinking about that too. Mm. He was definitely trying to get you there. Weren't, wait a minute. You were not in pain on the way there? You I mean, I felt, I felt, like I said, like I said, I, you know, I felt this urgency and I was feeling like really um, strong kind of period, like okay cramps so but you weren't in pain <clears throat> not at that point agonizing there wasn't, not in, okay you weren't no. in agonizing pain nope and my water did not break my water did not break nothing i just i just knew that instinctively that something was different and my aunt helped me understand that hey you're in labor so <laughs> i'm in the car we're getting there i'm just like oh can we please get there safely and by the time i got to the hospital then the cramp the pain, the labor pains became more intense. I was lucky because I ended up going to Jacoby Hospital where my auntie Cheryl is was a nurse at the time. So shout uh, out was, to Auntie Cheryl. Hi, Auntie Cheryl. We love you. <laughs> I remember my mom was there. My mom was there very quickly. She got there. She was she met us there at the hospital. And I remember walking across the lobby. And then kind of like, like slowing and like kind of doubling over a little bit. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. Because yeah. now the pain was really coming right. in. Which is funny because the ride from my aunt's house to the hospital was only maybe what, like eight minutes. It didn't even take that no, it long. Doesn't. It doesn't. Less yeah. than that. Right. But, and then I remember going um, into the elevator with my mom. And then another labor pain came and then I started going down towards the ground. Mm. And my mom says, you get up from that ground. <laughs> Don't give that baby any germs. <laughs> with the baby. <laughs> she was already becoming <gasps> grandma, I'm grandma already. bear. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Don't give and that baby any germs. Don't give that. Well, you're in pain. There's nothing infection. you can do at that point. <laughs> but you know what? My mom is a nurse. Yes, she's and yes, she yes. is very much aware of like yeah, you know right. the bacteria germs, and so she did not want me anywhere on the ground, right. risking any infection of any kind. <laughs> right, right. And I said, I'm trying. <laughs> um. And then we got in and everything just happened so quickly. Like everything happened so quickly. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that has something to do with Auntie Cheryl making a call or something. <laughs> I don't right. even know at that point, but there was just so much going on. And, you know, a lot of um, intricate details of <laughs> a prep work going on. Right, right. Stuff I didn't know that they would do to lessen any chances of the releasing other things right while giving birth to the baby right that <laughs> and um so I was just doing everything I was told just at the mercy and being probed and checked and just a team of people and the next thing you knew I was being 
transported to another room within, oh my goodness. Yeah, like, so how many hours at this point? Oh my goodness. I'm telling you, my son was born in like two hours. Yeah, it was super fast. Right. It was so quick. That's right. Very quick. But I will tell you that it literally felt like a movie playing in my head because... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, because you're giving birth to a human being. Yes. yes. And the staff, like we moved into the birthing room. And I do remember there was some concern about my son because his blood pressure was dropping. Okay. And my, my water still had not, did not break oh, it at didn't this break, point. Right. No. And so they were moving me and positioning me to see if his blood pressure would rise. And mm. oddly enough, he, my son preferred me in on all fours, the dog style position. <laughs> yeah, I remember you telling me that. I was like, what? <laughs> that was so odd for me, but that's the position I was that like, was they most had comfortable. You on the floor. <laughs> no, on, no, I was right on, on the on, bed. On the bed. But and, I was but on all fours. Fours, like a dog. Yes. Pretty much. Right. Pretty much. I was like, what? Yes. I never heard that. <laughs> that's years old, I never heard anything like that in my life. He was more comfortable like, that Is that way. what they did to you? Yes. And, and then the pain was so intense that I remember putting my face in the pillow and just hoping that this would, <laughs> that I could fall asleep. You're and it'll be over. Hoping that it will end. Then it would just be over. And, right. And I would wake up and then it would be done. <laughs> I mean, we all get to that at some point. It was just like, you can't take it anymore. Much. Right. I just put my face down. It was like, it would be so good if I could just like pass out and wake up to my baby. Right. Wouldn't that be nice? That's not what happened though. Right. <laughs> within a few moments, I started to feel like I had to push. I I knew it was time. As I started to push, we started on all fours. And then the nursing staff helped move me to to the side position to continue the rest of the birthing process. And then... It sounds to me like they were doing a great job. Yeah. Again, I'm pretty Yeah, you're very lucky. Well, I, they also knew that I was the niece to... Uh, well, that always helps. I mean, come on, man. Yes. I was Personal connection in the hospital always. Very helpful. Right. Very helpful. Very attentive. It was right. totally, you know, I, I, it was a very good experience um, as far as feeling like I was being paid attention to. And then what happened after that? So you well, were in the side position. Okay, sorry, <laughs> sidetrack. Like, what else happened? After, what happened um, after that? And then I, and then my son was born. Um, and then I remember being on my back, and they were trying to, they were pulling <laughs> the afterbirth. <laughs> oh right. Oh, but, oh wait, no, I'm going too fast. I'm going too fast. I ended up on my back. And we were giving birth. Uh, well, I was giving birth. What am I saying? We? Because you know, no, we're we. There's no we. It's us. <laughs> this time it was you. I was giving birth. And unfortunately, 
I started to rip. Okay, yeah, that's right. I started really badly, right? Well, it wasn't horrible, but I felt the stinging and the burning. Right. And I knew something wasn't right. Right. And then the doctor said, the doctor was so kind and so nice. And he said, oh, we're just going to have to snip you, like give you a little cut. And I couldn't even process it at that point because it was literally like, you know, it was just, I couldn't even really process it. And then I felt an extra pinch, like a, like a sharp pinch. And I was like, oh, Oh, no. (laughs) I had to get, you know, the actual like, ah. That's that's like the last thing you want to happen at that point. Yep. Yep. So my son, when he just started to, I started to tear. So they just did a little snip. And next thing you know, the rest of the birthing process was fairly easy. He was born. He healthy. Um, they cut the umbilical cord. Um, they pulled, pulled the afterbirth. I was just like, what is that? Like, what are we doing now? Right. <laughs> More work to do. <laughs> I just birthed a human. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me that I have to do you something else. <laughs> Oh, you have to push again. Right. Please don't make me push again. Please. Please. <laughs> and um See, I wasn't then, there, but I like how yeah. I was there. Yeah, of course you were there in spirit, honey. Of course. No, but I remember um, the crazy thing is I remember our conference. I remember this conference. Like this was a long time ago. 25 years, years ago, ago. I still yes. remember this conversation. <laughs> And I was like, I cannot believe this. <laughs> cannot. Yes. Yeah. And um. And then and you after, see, you don't forget these things. You no, don't you don't. No. These no. birthing experiences, you don't forget them. Not no. at all. Nope. No. Nope. Um. After the other birth, the doctor began to sew me up. The stitching started stitching me backward. You know mm-hmm. where I started, where I ripped, and um. That was uncomfortable. And then they, they, but he did um, offer like an anesthetic, like a needle. There was like a needle they put there to give me an anesthetic to, to numb me to a like little bit. Yeah. yeah. To help with the pain. So, I mean, at least that was provided right. because I felt that I felt that entirely. I didn't like that, but, but it's a needle. What are you going to do? Right. So I felt the shot to numb the pain. I felt the stitching and then I was, he was like, okay, okay, we're almost done. Um, and basically it was just, you know, it was a very, it was, I just felt completely div- empty of any energy whatsoever. Yeah, right. Right. And I looked down and recognized a body. I mean, I, I saw a body I didn't recognize because. <laughs> oh my God, I never met you before. <laughs> like, like the baby is gone. Like it felt like like such a like a hollow cavity. Like what's going on? like what is happening? I'm like, well, hello, you. You who oh, is this, this new new birth? This new tiny show. That's what I was. <laughs> when I had Amari, I was like, okay, baby, I don't, I don't know you, but nice to meet you. I know. Oh, you were the one causing me all that pain. Thank you very much. (laughs) 
it's so far. It feels so it's like, oh my gosh. It's it just was, a weird feeling. It's just weird. Yeah, it was it was totally weird. Just you know, because now like you, it's you just birth, so many you, different yes. feelings and emotions and layers. Layers, yes. yeah. Yes. Cause you know, one minute you're 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 a home, you're you're an entire shelter for this most important human in your entire life. Right. And you're just used to having that connection, right? Yeah. And now yes. and now the this baby human is, the, is the human is out of is you. Out of you. And you're like, okay, are we still going to <laughs> right have this con- right have this connection that we had when you were inside me. Right. Yeah. You're just like, well, hello, like, oh my goodness. And trying to have that moment and still be entirely exhausted and right. your <laughs> body is like beat up. <laughs> Everything is beat up. <laughs> trying to, trying to, to connect focus with a baby, <laughs> trying to nurse this baby. That's a lot for anybody. That's yeah, why we're totally mothers. Was. That's why yeah. we're mothers. Yeah. It was great though. Like honestly, it is an experience that I'm glad that I, that I had, I, I, the entire thing was just really, really ah, special. Well, wait a minute. Entirely you, special. So regarding your fast delivery though, I mean, everybody doesn't know this, but isn't there a history of fast deliveries in your family? Um, history? no, not necessarily. No? Well, my, well, my mom? mom, my mother, yeah, she did have fast deliveries. She did. She told me that my mom says she has fast deliveries. And, um, she said that, um, the, la- my son, my, sorry, not my son. I'm a little bit thrown off from it. My mother, she definitely did have fast deliveries. And I think that that was something I inherited and I was very thankful yes, for that. That's supposed but, to be a real thing. Yes. I, I believe in that. But I do know that my youngest brother was a little bit different for her. It was more of a, a longer process. But with me, my sister, my brother, I believe she said that all of her pregnancies were really quick. And she has her own stories about right. my dad driving really quickly to try to get her to the hospital. Yeah, and right. Yes, she has her own cowboy driving experience. But that was a great experience. And even my stay there was really good. My auntie came every morning to see me. She gave me breakfast and she was oh, always checking so on her lucky. nephew. And she was just yeah, it was really lucky and bad experience. I mean, it was a different experience with my daughter, different hospital, different right. experience. Right. So I got to see what it was like when you actually had the benefit of that. Um, uh, how can you say, you know, just a benefit. When you have of support there support, in the yeah. hospital mm-hmm. and you have family that works at the hospital. There, yes. And, yes. Right. and when, those are privileges that help to make a difference mm-hmm. for your yes. support. Very attentive. And just with everything that was going on with my son and explaining what was happening with him, he had a little jaundice. Uh, so they had him in the window, you know, oh, okay, natural yeah. sunlight. Right, right, um, right, yeah. But just everything that was explained to me and just, you know, having the, the just that level of, of comfort was so, it was, a, it was a really great experience. Now, with my daughter, her uh, arrival was a little different because I was pregnant with my Auntie Barbara. We were um, we were pregnant at the That's same. Right. You you all were pregnant at the same time. at the same time, and we it was the funniest thing. So uh, our children were supposed to be born within like two weeks of each other. Mm-hmm. 
that didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> well, the plans changed. The plans changed. Like, as they do. She gave birth to my cousin Hassan, and I told her that I would bring my cousins Ayana and Asia down to see her because they wanted to meet their new little brother. And so we were staying, um, we decided to stay in a Bronx that night. And that morning I woke up in labor. Oh no. Oh goodness. (laughs) So wait, so this time you felt pain. Oh, I recognize that pain pain the second time. Right. Mm -hmm. The first time, I wasn't sure. The second time, I recognized it. Well, no, it just seems like the first time you didn't have the pain until you got to the hospital. Very much so. But I did have the period like type cramps, like that feel of, yeah. But it wasn't like labor, labor pain. Right, right. This time, I felt it and it was more so like a labor pain. I never had labor pains with Gavin and Gemma because I was on you know, medicine the whole, the whole time, but I had contractions. <laughs> I just never felt them. But with Amari, I had, you know, you know, I had real contractions and um, <laughs> there's no denying real contractions. There's no, yeah. <laughs> I know. there is horrible. no denying. <laughs> They're horrible. I know. <laughs> Why are we laughing at that? I don't know. I mean, we can laugh now because we did it and it's not happening again. Oh, yeah. That no. labor pain. That was, that was, I felt horrible. that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I told my husband, I said, um, I'm in labor. I'm pretty sure I'm in labor. And uh, he says, okay, because now we had my son, Javon, and four. my cousins. because right. With we were- you with us right and now we had to find someone to watch the three children oh because God, now that's I right it's going into that's the right. hospital that's right because it's a whole other thing when you have yes. kids and then yes. right that's like when i had amari right yeah so we had to find a sitter and i had to tell my auntie that i'm sorry i can't bring in the babies to see their new brother because right. i'm in labor too right oh my gosh <laughs> wow. close family close family right so uh, we got to the hospital and this time it was um, Albert Einstein Hospital in the Bronx. Okay, that's where Justin was born. I was not supposed to have That's right, you weren't supposed there. to go there though. Right? No, my doctor, my OB, uh, my gynecologist, all of my doctors were in Orange County because I had that's moved to Orange right. County at that time. So I was supposed to have my... Um, my daughter, I was preparing to have her at Arden Hill, which is a hospital up here in Orange County. And um, it's no longer a hospital. <laughs> it's no longer oh, there, which wow. is funny. Yeah, it's no longer there, but oh, the, the campus is still there, but it's not a hospital anymore. Oh. Um, so I went into Albert Einstein, not knowing who I was going to see, not knowing anything. Now that's scary. And that yeah, was very scary. scary. Yeah, that was very scary because I, I didn't want to take the chance of trying to drive an hour to oh. the <laughs> to no. the hospital of my choice because I that knew would... that my son was born within two hours. That part too. I did not right. want to risk it. 
And so I drove to, um, well, I didn't, but to the Albert Einstein and I was a little <laughs> nervous. I was, I was a little nervous. I had a little anxiety about it. Just not having, you know, just not knowing anyone. And I, I, I remember one thing that really annoyed me is that when I got there, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I, I did receive, you know, they, I, didn't have to wait. They saw me. They noticed I was in labor. It was not like, mm-hmm. you know, they were attentive when yeah. I got there. But when they checked my cervix, they said that I was like three centimeters or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they felt that um, I had more time. So at that point now, there was more of a relaxed type of feel going on. And I said to the doc, the nurses, I said, and the doctor, I said, please don't, you know, don't be misinformed. Don't let that fool you because my baby's coming. Like, I know that my baby is coming. I feel it. My son came very quickly. My mom had really, you know, had quick births. I said, just, you know, (laughs) just please. And I was very uncomfortable. My level of, you know, I was so uncomfortable. I knew I was getting closer because I had recognized that as one of the, um, indicators from the first time right from the first, the first time. time okay yes, so my- let me ask you this so what made you I, first of all that was so smart but what made you what what kind of made you certain that you needed to to explain that to the hospital staff because i i kind of i mean i was only 24 at the time and I didn't have a lot of knowledge, you know, mm-hmm. about what what to really expect in, you know, um, as far as how can I express this? But what I can say is this. I can say that when I, I recognized, I didn't feel like I was getting the amount of attention that I received mm-hmm. the first time. Uh-huh. I felt right. a little bit, exactly. I felt like it was a little dismissive, I can say. Just you felt slightly. that they were dismissive. a little bit dismissive, but not in a disrespectful mm-hmm. way, just kind of like, you know, like maybe, oh, this mom's just she's just going through birth and she's just being right. well, she doesn't know, she doesn't know what she's right. Because once they once they recognized I was three centimeters at that point, it was the, the urgency and everything was just and I get it, you know. From a scientific standpoint, that would indicate that I had time. But me, knowing my body, knowing my family history, knowing my first birth, understood that there was more of a sense of urgency. And that's why I said that. That's why I told them that um, please don't let that fool you. This baby is coming. So that I wanted to get some kind of painkiller because I was Oh wait, like you I, did wait, you didn't have an ep- you did not have an epidural at this time? They didn't I never received any painkillers during any of my during Well the first Javon, the you didn't have time. I didn't have time. Exactly. But this situation <laughs> this situation they could have gave I, you epidural as soon as you got there. This is the thing. So I knew that I had learned from the birth of my son that 
I wasn't able to get a pain, you know, something for pain because um, he, it was too late. There was a threshold that had. Okay. So it's interesting because I had a similar situation, kind of a similar situation when not with Gavin and Gemma, but with Amari. Hmm. But your first pregnancy always gives you experience for the next ones and for the next yes. ones after that if you choose to have more children. Um, but you might remember that Gavin and Gemma, what was I, 36 hours into trying to <sighs> them trying to induce me that was scary. with had an epidural tocin and I only dilated two centimeters. And then, at, and my water didn't break. And then at like 36 hours, I was just like, okay, I had enough. And let's just do a C-section at this point. Um, and then I still had to have wait for a C-section because there were other people scheduled before me. So that was Gavin and Gemma. So then with Amari, I had the you know C-section that was scheduled for his due date, which was October 4th. Woo-hoo, which October. It, yeah, but in retrospect, my doctor was saying, you know, do it beforehand because I, I, this he's going to come before that. Shout out to Dr. Barsoom. I did not listen to her. <laughs> and what happened? Amari came early, like two weeks yeah. early. Yeah. And then I go into labor for the first time, then had contractions for hours. Yeah. I go to the hospital maybe a few hours later. Um. I, I didn't dilate. At, I probably wasn't dilated at all. Maybe zero, probably centimeters. But I, but I was having contractions for like eight hours, and then the hospital ended up sending me back home because they were like, "Well, you're not in active labor." I was like, "Trust me, I am not going to dilate." Yeah, because the same thing happened with me with the twins. I said I had thirty six hours with medication and only dilated two centimeters. And they still sent me home. They just gave me fluids and still sent me home. And when I still labored and my contractions were coming every five minutes for like hours. You know your body. Right. You know your body. And then they called me back maybe eight hours later of me blacking out because I was in so much pain because those contractions were coming every five minutes on the dot. Mm. And they were like, oh, Mrs. Baker, are you still having contractions? Yes, I am still having contractions. Okay, well, you can come back to the hospital now. And I think I only dilated one centimeter or something. So what was the point? And then they were like, well, yeah, well, now you're in active labor. And I was like, I was in active labor when I was here last night. Yeah. And you all still sent me home. Yeah. But it's like, but we know, but the issue is that when it comes to us, when it comes to black women and women of color, you know, they don't want to listen to what we're saying and we know what we're talking about, especially if it's not your first time. Mm. Yeah. We know what we're talking about. So, so I think for you, it was very important, very smart that you knew that you needed to tell them that I know my body. I know I've been down this road before and I know what's going to happen. Yep. Okay. So then what happened at that point with Jack with before Jasmine was delivered? 
So um, at that point, you know, I told them and I just remember being very uncomfortable because, you know, I was in labor. That's just what it is. Right. You know? um, I remember wanting a lot of cool air and asking for ice chips because yeah. I had just been breathing so heavy. I was so That's dry. My throat, my, uh, those ice chips are like everything. Yes, they are. Point. They are. Everything. And I just... Um, and I, the only the other thing too, though, that I noticed was different was that they didn't, um, they didn't, I didn't go through that prep process that I went through at Jacoby Hospital. Oh, you know when they give you like, how can I say this? All right, they like an animal. You know what I mean? Like, okay, yeah, okay. So they didn't do that. That didn't happen when I oh. went to Albert Einstein Hospital. So I don't know if that's actually like something that's like. That everyone does. Or, right. or, and everyone's experience or right. if there's a reason that they decide to do so. I can't really speak on that. Right. Um, but I do know that that was one thing that I did notice that I didn't go through that the second time. Okay. Um, and so I told the nurse and the doctor, I said, please, can I get something for the pain? Because again, like I told you, this second time around, like I noticed the labor right away. I was uncomfortable. I just felt it increasing. Yeah. And I said, can I get painkillers? And they says, oh, you know, yeah, you can. They told me I would get it. And I waited and I waited. And remember, it's not that long because right. <laughs> she came, she was about two and a half hours, almost oh. three before she was here. Oh. But um. <laughs> So I told them and they says, oh, yeah, you know, well, you can have it. And I told the woman, I remember I said to her, I said, if you don't give it to me now, I'm not going to get it because my baby is going to be coming. <laughs> right. Exactly. And guess what? She came. My baby came. And guess what? No painkillers. <gasps> but let me tell you, okay. the same the same thing happened where I felt the need to have to go on all fours. And let me explain something to you. I knew I was in labor and I told them I am in labor and this baby is coming. And they looked at me because the last time they checked me, I was only like three centimeters, okay, right? right? That was within like a, what, 30, 40 minutes, you know? Right. And then I felt her coming. I said, this baby's coming. This baby is coming right now. And then the next thing you know, they check and I was ready to deliver that quick. Goodness, It was that quick. And I knew it. And then they transported me to uh, another room to birth, you know, to give birth. And this time I was by myself. First of all, there was no team. There was no, there was none of that going on after they moved me over there. I think they were just like stumbling. I don't know what happened because it was so quick, which is what I told them was probably going to happen. But I remember the nurse, it was one nurse that was in there. Um, after they recognized that now I had, you know, my cervix, it was ready. I was ready to deliver. I was in the other room and there was one nurse there. And the next thing I knew, I said to her, I says, I got to start like this baby's coming. And I, the, my, I felt the baby coming. Like I had, like, I felt her, I felt my daughter right. coming. coming out. So right. I started pushing. There was nobody there. There was only that one nurse what? and she wasn't even next to me. And I felt the like, like in That's natural. Me. It was a I, natural thing. Like, you know, I, I there was no insane. waiting. There was no waiting. It was right. She was right there. And I just, I, I 
started delivering on my, like on all fours. Again, again, the same same thing, the same thing. It was like somehow that position was most comfortable. And and then that's when, that's when the the late, the birthing started on all fours again. And the woman, the nurse was like, no, she was like, oh my God, she ran over. She pushed some button on the wall, some button somewhere. Um, I I couldn't really pay her any mind at this point. I'm giving birth. You know what I mean? Like, right. The next thing I knew within like, I would say within maybe like 30 seconds or so, people started running into the room. Um, they ran into the room and then they they were, and I started to give labor. I did not tear like before. That didn't happen. Um, but she was here. My daughter came. She was healthy. She but was you fine. Knew. I told them. You told them. <laughs> That's it. That's exactly. It's We know. Yeah, we know after we've gone through it the first time, we know what's going to happen. We have a great idea of what's going to happen the next time. Yep. Yep. And I mean, probably like if they were were to check me, they probably would have said we can't do the painkiller at this time. I don't know how much time I never really researched it, like how much time you would need to have and, you know, when the threshold was there. But I do believe that if they, just accommodated me when I got there, or at least entertained it, that probably I would have had that, you know, have had something to ease the pain. But I just, I gave birth both times, nothing, (laughs) no painkiller. And, you know, I survived it, but I'm not saying that that was ideal. I I wasn't that mom that wanted to do that. I was the mom that wanted to be a little, you know, I wanted to have something to assist me during that process. And it just, it wasn't there, but I would say that um, after that, I gave birth, and um, you know they were very nice. Everything was fine, but it just wasn't the same experience that I had at, the first with my time. son. It just yeah. wasn't. And even in the room, I didn't get checked on as frequently. I just it, there was more quiet. You know, but, just, but this was also giving birth in the Bronx as opposed to giving birth in Orange County. Well, I gave birth to both of them in the Bronx. Jacoby Hospital so was all in the Bronx. That's right. The first I was supposed time. to give birth this to in my Orange daughter County. in Orange right. County, New York, but that didn't happen. That's still the difference of being at two different places. Yeah, it was just and she all wasn't, your family not working yes, at the hospital, that hospital the second yep. time. Yep. Nobody, you know, I didn't have a family member working there. Um, it was an unexpected delivery. My doctors weren't there. They didn't know what was going on with, you know, with me for the most part. It was an unexpected delivery. Uh, she came two weeks early and um, it just, it was what it was. And I, I can't, I, I, the first experience was definitely uh, preferred over the second. Yeah. I would say that a hundred percent. I did not like the fact that I started giving birth and there was one nurse in the room that was, I guess, prepping something. I don't know what exactly what she was doing, Mm -hmm. but I didn't like that. I didn't have anybody next to me when I started giving birth to my daughter. Right. Right. I did not like that, that I remembered and that I I was not happy about. Well, no one should be in a room alone when you're dilating. Well, I mean, there was a nurse that and was, you told I do them remember that the baby's visit. coming. Yes. 
but I do, I remember nobody was around me around the bed. The nurse was there, but she was like t- like on the counter, like doing something by the countertop or something. I don't know what she was mm-hmm. doing, but I do remember specifically that when I began to give birth, there was the professional, like there wasn't like a person next to me to hold me or to like guide me right. or like how it was in my first experience. It was just me. Like I was out in nature. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> And then right. when the nurse saw, when, you know, she recognized that I started pushing, she didn't want me to, but I told her that I, I had to, I, had like, to, I just, right. I, there was no choice in the matter. Like, she's coming, like she's right. coming. So then, and then that's when she ran over and pushed the button because at that point she, there was nothing, there was no stop. There was no right. waiting. And that was it. Hmm. Wow. So that was it. Well, I'm glad that you advocated for yourself because that was important. That was obviously important. It but it's like change. we always have to advocate. <laughs> we always have to advocate for ourselves. Yes. Even yes. W- when we're having children. Yeah. Like it doesn't, it doesn't end. It doesn't end. It just really has, you know, because I was lucky enough to have both experiences of you know, having that support and having that family member and, and just knowing what it felt like. And then the second time, which can happen to anyone, you can be okay. anywhere and right. give birth, birth right. unexpectedly, you know, but you and have to know everyone out there that if you are a woman of color and you are a black or brown woman, and you're saying you're in pain, you don't, you more than likely, there's a good chance that they're not going to listen to you. So you can't ease up on advocating for yourself. And if you have someone with you that can advocate for you too, then that is, is what needs to happen. Um, because when we have pain, it's just people believe that, you know, black women and, and black children, whoever, that we are like, we can deal with pain. And I no, think it's really like just- our pain tolerance is not any different than anyone else's. correct. Yep. And, and just like really understanding that, you know, when a mom, you know, when when you're on your second delivering your second child and just knowing your body, you know, your body, you know, you have a feeling and especially if you've given birth before and you have a history, like in your family line of just, you know, births coming, the simple fact that I was two weeks early and it was unexpected in itself would have indicated a sense of urgency, you know? So it's just (laughs) that in itself, but you know, they're healthy, they're smart and, you know, I'm happy. So that everything worked out in the end. So, (laughs) right. Right. And you're right. Alive and they're alive and thriving and thriving. Yes. But good tip and good, you know, takeaway is that, you know, help healthcare providers will listen to listen to women more, especially if, if it's a second or third pregnancy. We have some experience at this point. So if you say the baby's coming early, the baby is probably going to come early. Yes. Twice. Or if we say, I don't dilate. I don't dilate. I don't dilate. I, I, yeah, I'm one centimeter. I told you that I don't dilate. And if we say, my water doesn't break, my water water doesn't doesn't break. break. Exactly. (laughs) 
thank you. Right. <laughs> and we still have babies. <laughs> right. And we still have babies. Right. Now I have three. Yes. No, but you I'm went, not, I mean, you went above. You I passed. Know, I know. I, I know. I know. I know. But let's, I'm glad that we talked about this. We weren't supposed to talk, but I'm glad that we talked about this. This is very important. This is very, yeah. very important. <laughs> This is exactly what the, the show was going to be about. So this is very important. Yeah. And more women need to need to share their we need to share our stories and our experiences of <laughs> bringing our children into the world. It's hard. Yes. And we've known each other forever, right? And we've we've talked right. about this before, but Many some of times. the details some of the details weren't really spoken about right. because Right. You know, and that's, that's, that, that happens, happens too. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So you, you've gained something out of, you know, more information. Absolutely. <laughs> I do have an Instagram. <laughs> Anybody is interested. Um, my Instagram is my name, Tynesha, T-I-N-E-I-S-H-A-S. Okay. So I'm a social worker. I'm here I'm the transplant from the Bronx to Orange County and it you know I'm I would love to hear from you if you want to ask any questions about me and Dr. Jill Baker thank you my sister for being on the show this is going to be amazing and this is not going to be the last time oh my goodness you see that did y'all see how she got that in there yep, did you exactly. are you guys listening she 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 got me on this one time and now <laughs> I'm gonna be back again. Oh my exactly. goodness. I love you, All girl. Right. This was fun. Yeah, and this was I fun. love you. I, thank you so much for this. I appreciate uh being, you know, in your space. It's you're a great person. Love you. My space love is you your too. space. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maternal Health 911. Please follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Feel free to DM me with your questions and thoughts or to share your infertility, fertility, and maternal health story. For more information on this podcast and your host, visit www.drjillbaker.com. Listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review it. It really helps the show and the feedback is welcome. 